Good morning, saints. I'm Minister Clarence Smith, and I'll be leading up to the throne of grace this morning. Father God, we thank you for the door that the church has opened in your name, Father God. Father God, we thank you for the preaching and the teaching of your word that's going to go forward this morning as it has already, Lord God. Oh, Father God, all we can say, Lord, is we ask for forgiveness, Father God, and that we love you, Father God. Father God, we thank you for your faithfulness, Father God, and that you have even allowed us to be faithful, Father God. We thank you for the choir, Father God, and the directors, Father God. Continue blessing them and using them in a mighty way, Father God. Let them know that their that faithfulness and their obedience, Father God, going to birth blessings and miracles, and that their best days are in front of them, Father God, as well as everyone that's still in your house right now, Father God. Oh, Lord God, continue to use the man of God like you've never used him before, Father God. We decree and declare his best days are before him, Father God. Father God, you're just looking for somebody to use, Father God. And here we are. We surrender to you, Father God. We don't want to play no more, Father God. This thing is real. So, Father God, make us, mold us, break us, purge us, prune us. Do whatever you need to do, Lord God that you can promote us and transfer us, Father God, to something bigger and greater, Father God. For truly, that is your desire, that we go into all the world and teach and preach your word, Father God. So, Lord God, have your way, Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do. Your word say, well, there are two or three gathered in your name, you in the midst. So we go have church this morning, Lord God, like we never had it before. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord and good morning. Help us praise this morning. We love to call your name. It's something we cannot explain. That happens when we proclaim your great name. Your great name. We love to call your name. It's something we cannot explain. Your great name, say your great name. Everybody, King, King, no other name.
power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name. If you believe today, there is power in the name of Jesus. Power in the name. Help us sing it. Say, there is power in the so much power in the name. Power in the name. Yes, there is. There is power So much power in the name. In the name and things change when we talk. Things change when we call you Jesus. Things Help me 
up to Sunday, they come out here and give their very best. We are grateful, 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 grateful. Glad to see all of you in the house of God and thanks to those of you that are live streaming with us. We appreciate you. Thank you for being a part of what God is doing. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, will you please open it to the book of 1 John, chapter 5, verse number 14. The book of 1 John, chapter 5. Verse number 14. If you find it, please say amen. amen. Just one verse. The Bible said, and this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, guess what? He heareth us. Hallelujah. Please remain standing as we pray. Our Father and our God, we are grateful for the word of God. Grass withereth and flowers fade, but the word of God will stand forever. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Thank you for all those who are gathered here today. Lord, I pray that you will help us to hear you. I pray that you will use me, O oh God, to be a channel of blessing to somebody. Use my tongue as a ready writer for your glory. Answer all of our questions. Provide solutions to our concern. Thank you for miracles. Thank you for healing. Thank you for breakthrough in this house. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Our subject for discussion this morning is titled, How to Contact God Through Prayer. How to Contact God. Through prayer. For those of you that have been following this ministry, I've been preaching and teaching a series of lessons on the subject of prayer. Why? Because I noticed the temperature and I've been reading the thermometer of this community. We're getting a lot of communications, a lot of calls, emails, letters. Some even get aggressive. They just come to the house. Uninvited, without invitation. They say, Pastor, I'm hurting. Pastor, I'm in pain. I need a breakthrough in my life. I need God to do something. 
This is the premise upon which God, through his Holy Spirit, is leading me to teach on the subject of prayer. Why? Because prayer changes things. And in times like this, we all need much prayer. Amen? Please take note that the last Sunday, we focus our attention on what is prayer. We spend a great deal of time just defining what prayer is all about. And the one way I can summarize it is very simple. Prayer is like a passport that you need to enter into any country. I share with my congregation this morning that when I was coming to America, I needed a passport before I can be allowed to enter this country. My passport is what gives me permission to enter into another country. And I believe prayer is passport that God gave to every child of God to enter into the spirit realm. So when you want to move from the natural into the supernatural, prayer is the key. Through prayer, ladies and gentlemen, you can change location from the physical into the spirit world. And believe me when I tell you, from time to time, you need to be able to cross over. Let me give you an example. You remember one time they came to Jesus. He, he's been preaching all day. And then he look at his deacons, his disciples, say, okay, we've been here all day now. It's getting late. I want you guys to feed all these people here. That's partly what deacons do, you know. But to his surprise, those precious men say, Reverend, we won't make it. What do you mean we won't make it? They say we don't have enough food. The only thing we got around here is a small boy with five loaves and two fish. I'm sure you know, Reverend, we cannot feed hundreds and thousands of people with only five loaves and two fish. So we recommend one of the deacons made a motion and was properly seconded. And then they footed and all eyes have it. We recommend let's just dismiss the people and tell everybody to go home. <laughs> go to your mama. <laughs> go. But Jesus said, well, there's something else that you all are missing. So he said, bring those five loaves. Bring those two fish. And the Bible said Jesus prayed over it. Don't miss that. Prayer. 
And all of a sudden, that natural items, it's translated into the supernatural. All of a sudden, five loaves and two fish became thousands. You see the power of prayer. All of a sudden, the Bible says, 5,000 men were well fed, full. And then they left, have leftovers, 12 baskets. How does five loaves and two fish translate into thousands with leftovers? Use your passport. Jesus prayed, and when he prayed, things happened. Amen? Ladies and gentlemen, please take note that Jesus had to pray. Now, he is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Now, think about it. If Jesus had to pray, that means all of us here, all of you, me included, we all need to pray. Please don't miss that. Everybody here needs to learn how to pray. Amen? Amen. That is why in the book of St. Luke, chapter 11, verse 1, the disciples, they notice that every day Jesus would disappear into the woods and he would be gone for hours. But they also notice when he would show up, he would show up with power. And he comes out swinging. The demons, they be screaming when he show up. He will touch the blind. They begin to see. He will touch the lame. The lame begin to walk. He will run into a, to people with casket and touch the bear. And dead person will come out. And so they notice that. They say, okay, we found out the secret now. So they ask him, Master, teach us how to pray. Ladies and gentlemen, he taught them what we know as the Lord's Prayer. And I never will forget, I shared this in the morning, that uh, there was a gentleman, I call him Brother Baba, and one day he was messing with his friend, he said, you go to church every day, don't you? He said, yes, I do. Brother Bible said, but I bet you don't know the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. He said, of course I do. And they go back and forth, no, you don't know. He said, I do. So Brother Bible said, if you can recite it off of your memory, I'll give you 10 bucks. And sure enough, his friend began to say, now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I should die before I wake up, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Brother Baba said, I'm really surprised. You really do know the Lord's prayer. And he reached out in his pocket and gave him $10. He said, here's your money. I didn't know you know it. But you can tell both of them had no clue what the Lord's Prayer is about. 
And I will submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that's the problem in the church today. The truth be told, many of us, we know about prayer, but we don't know how to pray. And then I notice another problem in the body of Christ. And that is that even when we try to pray, we try to pray safe prayer. We'll be talking to God, and then after a while we'll say, if it's your will. You see, that's our way out, you know. That's what religion has taught us. So that just in case what you pray about don't happen, then you can say, hey, I'm sorry, folks. I guess it was not the Lord's will. <laughs> but the truth be told, we know the Lord's will. The Lord's will is spelled out in his word. I'll give you an example of his will. In third John, verse 2, he says, Beloved, I wish. So he told you his wish. What is his wish? He said, I wish above all that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prosper. So if you know his will, you don't have to say, if the Lord will. Because you know his will. But the reason why we say it is just to find our way out. So it is very important that we know how to pray. And that's my assignment today. How do we pray? Well, the Bible gives us some guidelines. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, which I read to you earlier, the Bible says this is the confidence that we have. What is the confidence? If we ask anything according to his will, then bingo, touchdown, he heareth us. Ladies and gentlemen, so what we need to learn to do is not to try to play safe, or not try to play religion, just ask according to his will. What do we mean by his will? The will of God is what God determined to happen on earth. That's his will. Whatever he determined to make happen, that's God's will. And I mentioned to my folks this morning, that there are two wills of God, two types of wills. Number one, conditional will, and number two, unconditional wills. You need to know that. What do we mean when we talk about unconditional will of God? Those are things that God will do with or without you, with or without me. Those are things that God would do regardless. It means there are things that God would do with or without human involvement. He's made up his mind, for example, that he's going to let the sun shine. Whether you like it or not, he's going to do it. 
For example, he's made up his mind. He said, as long as there remain, there will always be daytime and nighttime. That's his will. He's made it clear. Unconditional will of, of God. But what about conditional wills of God? Ladies and gentlemen, there are some things that God will not do until you and I cooperate. Until you cooperate with God, there are some things he will not do. When it comes to what you need, your personal need, your personal desire, your wish list, that's all on the conditional will of God. How do you get your wish list made? How do you get your prayers answered? How do you get the miracles that you're desiring? How do you get the breakthrough? Those are all under conditional will of God. And the way you get it, you have to cooperate with God. And what do you mean, pastor, when you say cooperate with God? Cooperation with God is very simple. The primary mechanism for any human being to cooperate with God is through prayer. Prayer is the means by which you cooperate with God. Remember how we learned last week how God said in Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 3, Call upon me and I will answer. And I will show you great and mighty things that you don't even know about. So prayer is the mechanism that he has chosen for you and me to cooperate with him. And that is why James chapter 4 verse 3 says, the reason why many of us don't receive is because we ask amiss. We don't know how to pray. So we don't get result. I'll give you an example. James chapter 5 verse 16 says, Confess your fault one to another. Then he said, Pray for one another that you may be healed. You'll be amazed if I pass the microphone today and ask how many of you Confess your fault to another this morning. You'll be shocked from the pulpit to the pews. Very few hands will go up. If I say, how many of you prayed for people that are sick this morning? Most of our prayer has become a wish list about our own self. And the truth be told, really, at some point we're going to talk about who to pray for. And you will notice on that list, you are the last person. Ladies and gentlemen, what am I trying to tell you? We are not cooperating with God. And as a result, a lot of our prayers are not answered. Let me give you another clue. In addition to praying according to his will, he said in that same scripture, James chapter 5, verse 16, he said the eventual 
fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. We know we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But how is it that our prayer not being answered? Because it said, your prayer has to be fervent before you can get result. What do I mean by fervent prayer? It means, ladies and gentlemen, your prayer has to be hot. Have you ever seen people that are talking to you and they literally put you to sleep? I've heard some preachers like that. Don't mention any name. They are so boring. You trying to stay up to listen, but they literally put you to sleep. You'd be amazed how many of us in our prayer to God it is so boring, so cold, that it never reached beyond the ceiling. God is asking and is looking for a fairy prayer. Fervent prayer. That means you have to be tenacious about it. That means you have to be relentless about it. That means you have to pray with intensity. Hallelujah. We have a saying over there at the college where I work. When things get tough, they say give the mic to Pastor Josh. Because they know I've not come to play. I will pray down hellfire if I have to. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you have to pray the devil out of your house? I mean, you then you then try everything you know how to do. I never will forget. We were in Baton Rouge, and, and one of our children was running fever or something like that. And bless God, uh, my wife I've learned some tricks, so we put put the baby in cold water, something like that. We pour some cold water. Don't tell anybody. It was Josh. Pour cold water. And then, so, and the temperature will go down. You can literally see smoke coming out of that. I said, huh? The devil is alive. And then that, <laughs> the temperature rises up again. Then we add more water. After a while, I said, look, this is not working. Let's go to the hospital. Then we go to the hospital. They were struggling too. And they just done a message, man, it's time to pray. I'm tired of all this foolishness. <laughs> there comes a time when you are sick and tired of being pushed around by the devil. And you have to pray your way out of trouble. That prayer got to be passionate. That prayer must be done with intensity. If you say, well, I don't understand it. James gave you an example of what we are talking about. In James chapter 5, verse 17, he cited Elijah. And he reminded you and me that Elijah was just an ordinary human being like you and me. 
He is not from E.T. He's not an extraterrestrial being. He is a brother. And the Bible said there was famine in the land. There was no rain. Dishes were piling up. Animals were dying. People were starving. There's recession in the land. No employment. So Elijah began to pray. And the Bible says he prayed so fervently. The Bible lets you know the kind of prayer he said. He prayed fervently. He prayed so hard that he would not allow any distractions. He put his, his ears between his knees so he won't hear no gossip, so he won't hear no rumors, he won't hear no fake news. Just crying unto God, Lord, we need rain. Then he will send his servant to go out and check the sky. And you know how sometimes the people you call your friends, they love to bring you bad news. And they will come back to Elijah and say, well, I'm sorry, Reverend. There's no cloud out there. You might as well stop praying. But notice what Elijah did. He refused to give up. He stayed praying. He refused to, to quit. And eventually, the servant said, you won't believe it. I saw a little cloud the size of a human hand. Can you believe God when all you see is just a little? But he refused. He kept praying. He kept praying until the whole earth was saturated with dark cloud. Then he told everybody, he said, I don't know about you. I refuse to leave because in my spirit... I hear the sound. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Have you ever been in a situation where you, you hear things in the spirit? In the natural, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't even add up. But in your spirit, you can see it, you can hear it, and it don't matter if nobody else sees I never will forget when we were trying to build this building here. I became a nuisance to everybody. Because all I was conflicted with is what I saw in my spirit. I couldn't make sense in the natural. But I say in my spirit, I even brought the members to this land. It was nothing but grass. I said we're going to have church. This is our new building. I see this is our place of worship. Have you been seeing in your spirit what God is trying to do? Or are you just going one day at a time you have no clue? Notice Elijah got result. What is his secret? It's recorded in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 42. He prayed fervent prayers. In other words, heaven wants to know that you are deadly serious about what you're praying about. 
Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know that you are serious about anything, you keep on doing it, you keep on doing it until you get result. Shaquille O'Neal was a terrible free thrower. Forgive me, Shaquille. And guess what he did? He began to practice night and day. He would not give up because he was becoming a source of ridicule. Everybody would say, just foul him. He's going to miss. He don't know how to draw. But the way he bailed himself out, he just kept at it. He just kept at it. He would get up in the morning. In, the, in late night, he's still throwing 700 throws per week until he get results. But now that he got results, guess what? Nobody wants to follow him now <laughs> because the, the Negro will make the shot. <laughs> so you can't take that chance anymore. When was the last time that you have that spirit of, I won't give up? I'm going to pray until you bless me. Remember Jacob? The Bible says Jacob wrestled with God all night. Do you know what it means to wrestle with God? They're not talking about he's kickboxing with God. No. Your hand is too short to box with God. He was praying all night. He said, Lord, I won't let you go until you bless me. The Bible says he was praying so hard in the natural and the spirit that the angel, literally the messenger of God, yanked his tire off socket. Yet he would not let go. When was the last time you have an encounter with God? Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible is full of examples of people who pray fervent prayer. Remember a young servant, servant girl by the name Hagar. She was working in the home of Abraham and Sarah. And you remember how she was kicked out with a baby and they ran out of food in the middle of nowhere in the desert and the baby was crying. And mama is in pain. A good mother can feel the pain of their own children. The baby was crying for food. Now mama began to cry to God. Fervent prayer. And guess what? God made a way in the middle of nothing. In the middle of the desert. You, you want to know how to pray? I'm saying, number one, pray in the will of God. Number two, pray fervent prayer, serious prayer, not Mickey Mouse prayer. You remember the story of Hannah. Hannah came to church just like you came today. Hannah went to the altar. Anna said, no, I'm not leaving church today until you, God, bless me. The choir then finished singing. The preacher then finished preaching. She is still at the altar. 
pouring her heart out to God. Lord, you got to help me. Lord, you got to save my child. Lord, you got to deliver my husband. Lord, you got to give me my own baby. Back then, a woman without a child is nobody. Because of their ignorant culture, you know. So Hannah is saying, I'm tired of being ridiculed. I'm tired of being talked about. I'm tired of being put down. Lord, give me my own child. And because she had that spirit of importunity, because she would not give up, because she would not back down, because she was fervent, serious, hard prayer. That's right, Pastor. Persistent. Guess what? She got a miracle. Amen. The Bible is full of examples after examples like that. You remember Reverend Peter. One time he was arrested, you know. He was pastor of a church. And he got arrested. Most of you, if you heard that Pastor George got arrested, you probably would say, I knew that was coming. You get on social media. Have you heard? Oh, this is Jewish stuff. They caught him with a bag of weeds. Maybe all they found was a little, little tiny weeds, but you blew it up. They say it was, it was five bags. <laughs> Big one. <laughs> but... <laughs> But, but notice, that's not what they did. In the book of Acts, chapter 12, verse 5, the Bible said the church gathered and the church prayed. Can you imagine somebody calling you? Well, Jodara is arrested, let's go and pray. Well, that's on him. <laughs> but they gathered, they prayed. And notice the kind of prayer they pray. The Bible said prayer was made without ceasing. It's not just prayer. That means they won't give up. They refuse to quit. You'll be amazed how many miracles we have missed. As a community, as a church, as a family, as individuals. Simply it's because we give up too soon. Many times we will say to ourselves, well, I guess the Lord don't want me to be married. No, you don't want to be married. That's not on the Lord. The conditional will of God gives you every right to live happy, to be blessed, to stay blessed, to enjoy your miracle, to enjoy the work of your hand. And when the devil is trying to take from you what belongs to you, you better fight. The church prayed. And guess what? In the middle of the night, God sent an angel to deliver Peter. The one thing I struggle with, and I'm still struggling with it as a theologian, is that when Peter got released, 
Then Peter came to the church house, knock on the door. A little damsel, a girl, told the church folks, the preacher is at the door. Guess what they told me? They said, you crazy. It's impossible. Why will you pray if you don't believe what you're praying for? You see the problem? We will say it, but it's not from our heart. We say things from our lips, but it's not registered in our soul. Ladies and gentlemen, ask yourself this question. When was the last time that you prayed what can be described as a fervent prayer? Our prayer has become so loose that some of us will pray and two hours later, you ask him or her, what did you pray about? He don't even remember. You can tell that prayer is not perfect. That you forgot about it in two hours. Ladies and gentlemen, when you pray a fervent prayer, you will remember it. I never will forget one time in the state of Arkansas when my job was on the line. I'm a lawyer from Louisiana. I'm, I'm licensed Louisiana Bar. And then overnight, the Arkansas Bar Association made the rule that they no longer allow lawyers from any other state to practice in Arkansas unless you are licensed in Arkansas. And they give everybody 90 days. Get yourself licensed or get out. See, I got two kids. I got a wife. I'm the sole provider for the house. I know if I lose my job, somebody's going to starve. Fervent prayer. My survival depends on it. I don't have time for foolishness. I cried out to God. And to add more to my problem, many of you may not know this, Louisiana, the laws that we learned is called civil law. In Arkansas and many other states, 49 states, they're practicing common law. So I had to take an exam on a system that I'm not even training. And yet I passed. What is the secret? Please don't let nobody fool you, the Negro is so smart. I know better. I pray my way out of it. I, I told God, I, I was brutally honest with God. If you don't help me, our whole family is going to go down. I never will forget, I got sick not too long ago, right here. I told God about it. You're going to look bad. I've been telling everybody you are healer. I've been telling everybody you are Jehovah Rapha. And now they heard I fell down in church and they go on social media just talking about it and laughing about it. You're going to look bad. This is your gospel. 
When was the last time you prayed fervently to God? Oh, God, help my child. I can't take it anymore. Help my husband. If you don't help me, I have nowhere else to go. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous. I feel it much. It will stand. God will answer it. Heaven is waiting on you. He is not, he is not bad luck. He is not. It blows my mind how COVID-19 is having free hand in America. And we have churches every corner. You're waiting on Washington. What does Washington know? You're waiting on Baton Rouge. Good luck to you. Good luck with that. If my people who are called by my name, they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. When was the last time you looked into your own life and asked the tough question, what is it that I'm doing that, it, that, that may be hindering my prayer? I never will forget a brother in Africa. His name is Poju. He's deaf and dumb. Some of these Africans here watching me now, they know exactly who I'm talking about. And I pray that that man be healed and he didn't get healed. How God mad. Lord, I've been telling everybody you are a healer. And heaven have to remind me there are some things that take prayer and fasting. Hallelujah. I'm trying to help somebody how to pray. You know why you have to fast sometimes, Pastor? You see, your fasting is what tells heaven you're serious. When you shut down the refrigerator and you drive by Popeye chicken, you didn't even turn. And you, ref hey, I'm trying to help somebody. Lord, I'm not going to stop until you bless me. All of a sudden, my miracle came. Conditional will of God. Fervent prayer. Fervent means it's from your heart. You are passionate about it. Lord, you've got to do something. I'm tired of chasing my son. You've got to do something. Lord, there's no other person that I can count on to help me. Lord, you've got to help me. I've got these four children. If you don't help me, I won't make it. I can't count on the government. I can't count on the preacher. I can't count on the church. I can't count on nobody. Lord, help me. Begin to cry out to God, Lord, we need your help. Lord, we need your power. Lord, we need your anointing. Lord, we need you to fix this situation. Save my child. You begin to walk around the house, pleading the blood. Everything you touch, say, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. Over my children, I plead the blood. 
Over my house, I plead the blood. Over my car, I plead the blood. Over my job, I plead the blood. How am I going to be working for 10 years and no promotion? And every time I turn around, somebody else is being promoted. You don't have time to make your mouth on that. You need to go to the Lord in prayer. Amen? Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, there comes a time when you have to tell God exactly what is going down. You have to tell him, touch my life, oh God. I'm tired of just being ordinary. Touch me right now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Touch my baby, oh God. Touch my wife, oh God. Touch my husband, oh God. Touch my grandbaby, oh God. Whatever it is. And you keep on crying about it until it fixes it. When was the last time you prayed this kind of crazy prayer? You know, we hear about crazy prayers. But hardly do anybody pray or teach about crazy prayer. No wonder why we are not getting much of any breakthrough. No wonder why the doctors can't stop COVID-19. The government couldn't stop COVID-19. And the church are hiding from COVID-19. And now the devil got all of us locked our mouth. We can't even praise God. Prayer, ladies and gentlemen, is hiding in God, not hiding from God. I share with my church this, this morning, I couldn't think of any good example. I said prayer is like a battery. And when your battery is run down, you need to recharge it. I use high phones. And ladies and gentlemen, because I use my phone so often, my phone is double packed. It came with its own battery. I requested for a long-serving battery. Then I got another backup battery and put the two together. And yet, by the end of the day, I still have to put my, my phone on charger. That's right. It's going to run out. And guess how often I do it? I don't do it monthly. I don't do it weekly. I do it every day. I may forget everything else, but you can be rest assured I will never forget to plug in and recharge my phone. Your prayer life ought to be a daily thing. You don't wait until you get in trouble. That's why the Bible says, give us this day our daily bread. Can you imagine Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane? Have you ever paid attention to how fervent that prayer was? Have you ever noticed how serious, how passionate, how, how, how I mean, it was a get down no nonsense kind of prayer. The Bible says he prayed so hard, the sweat 
When was the last time you prayed so hard and you sweated? Not only was he sweating, the Bible said the sweat was like sweat of blood. You talk about fervency, you talk about seriousness, you talk about intensive prayer. Lord, I don't want to die. Do something. The same thing even when he was on the cross. After he made peace with his father. The Bible says he was agonizing. He was in pain. Gasping for air. And in the middle of that he said, Father, forgive them. I'm trying to give you a, a picture of what you need to do to get answers to your prayer. That's what we need. There was one young man in the Bible. His name is Uzziah. The Bible says as long as he seek God, God prosper him. Every struggle, every time I get a call from you, every time you text me, every time you send an email, some people get so bold, they will come to the neighborhood. They will, I don't know how they know where I live. I'm going to make this confession. It will blow your mind. There was a preacher here in town, Reverend Solomon Shutter. When we were looking for a house, he said, son, you want to get your house far away from the church. So nobody will bother you. So they won't know where you live. Oh, no, that ain't working for me. When people are in trouble, when folks are desperate, when they are hurting, I don't know how they do it. They'll figure out where you live. And they're standing right in front of the door, knocking. Hey, help me. Well, you know, it's easy if it's a member of my church, at least I can recognize the face. But what do you do when I talk to stranger? You've never met them. You don't know if they're here for good or bad, but people are so desperate. But thank God for the word of God. Amen. You see, the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous will always work. How bad do you want it? Let me say this in closing. Yes, I know sometimes we get tired. Sometimes we feel lonely. Sometimes you can't go further all by yourself. That is why you need to be a part of a church. When you are down, somebody else can hold your hand. Stop playing this Lone Ranger. One of the things that troubles me about America is that you guys are notoriously independent. This individualistic spirit is straight from hell. We need each other. I need you. You need me. 
We are all God's children. So that when somebody is weak, somebody else can pray. Why do you think the Bible says, is any sick among you? You can't go any further. Call the elders of the church. But if you only are visitor, and you've been visiting now since 1902, Nobody wants to be accountable to nothing. Nobody wants to be held responsible. You don't want nobody to tell you nothing. You know you can sing, but you won't sing in the choir. Because they're going to tell you what to wear. They're going to tell you where to move, when to meet. You say, no, I, I can't pull with that. Pastor, I'm following. You'll be amazed how many people will write me. I love your ministry. I enjoy your teaching, but I don't want to, I can't stand your church people. How are you going to make it to heaven? How are you going to love me, but you don't care for my children? You're a lying devil. You need the church. If you don't like this one, find you another one. You remember in Mark chapter 2. There was this man, he was paralyzed, couldn't help himself. The Bible says he was such in, in bad shape, but thank God he had four passes in his life. Four of his homies, they came, we're not going to let you die by yourself. They went there and they picked him up. He couldn't pick himself up. They picked him up. And they carry him. And they got to where Jesus is. They notice the door is locked. They climb up the roof. They dig holes in the walls. We need one another. The other day when I collapsed right here in the church, supposing there's nobody to help me. This church thing it's not a social gathering. You need people in your life. People that can hold you up, that can pray for you, that can sustain you when your spirit is down. Jesus said to, him, to them, the Bible said, when Jesus saw their faith, he's not talking about the paralyzed person, not his faith. He ain't got no faith. When I fell that day, I, I didn't have no faith going on. In fact, I have no clue what was going on. My, one of my children was asking me, Daddy, how, what does it feel? I said, I have no clue what was happening. I thought I was sleeping, dreaming. I couldn't pray for myself. How you are listening to me? You need people in your life. If I ask all of you, who is your prayer partner? But you've become so independent. You say that's America. There ain't no American. Don't let the devil take advantage of you. When was the last time you and your husband sit down? Say we're going to pray. When was the last time you said no? We don't want a family reunion. We don't need no cake. We need prayer. 
Instead, everybody wants to take selfie. Let's take a family picture. Let everybody dress in purples. Dara the Union. Oh, and then, then they say, Pastor, you come get a plate too. Hey. And I'll be shaking my head and say, Lord, please help me. So I don't snap. And sometimes I just lose my cool. In the middle of family reunion, I will stop the whole program. They say, oh, Lord, here come this African again. I say, we, do, we, do, we can eat chicken on our own. We need prayer. These families in crisis. Let's talk to God about it. One guy came from Virginia. He said, I've never seen anything that weird in my life. <laughs> he was telling the rest of his family, he said, that dude is pretty weird. <laughs> they said, well, that's our pastor. Just every now and then, <laughs> he loses cool. You need people in your life. The church is important in your life. I need the church in my life. They will help you with your children. They will pray with you when you're down. People are praying with you when you don't even know they're praying with you. I got to stop. Let me invite our worship team to come back on the stage. Please let me say this to you. If you really want to be a conqueror, you know how the Bible say, they that wait. Upon the Lord. You know how you wait upon the Lord? Prayer. Prayer. And when you learn to wait upon the Lord, you know what the Bible says about you? Your strength will be renewed. Hallelujah. Your strength will be renewed. When you are weak, God will give you strength. The Bible says you will run and not be weary. Do you know what it means to run and not be weary? Ladies and gentlemen, the reason why you run is because you're trying to catch up with God. <laughs> because sin will cause you and me to fall behind. But prayer will give you an opportunity to catch up with God. You will run and not be weary. You will walk and never faint. By the way, in the spirit, you run first before you walk. Ah, hallelujah. Hey, Jesus. Ooh, somebody needs to study this Bible. You see, in the natural, you walk before you run. But in the spirit, when your soul is down, when you know you are behind, when they will tell you, you know, I'm better than this. Like the prodigal song, you find yourself in a strange country. Now you say, Lord, I got to get back on track. I've wasted many precious years. Now I'm coming home. The path of sin, too long I've trod. Lord, Lord, forgive me. I'm going back to my father's house. When you begin to catch up in prayer, you will run and not be weary. 
If you're here and you don't know Jesus, I invite you, my brother, my sisters, give your life to Jesus. Invite him to come into your life. If there's a need in your life today, don't forget, pray in the will of God. Find somebody to agree with you. Pray fervently. And I'm not just talking to those of you who are in the house. Maybe you're watching me, you're live streaming. You said, me too, pastor. There's a number under the screen. Dial that number. There are preachers waiting to minister with you and to pray with you, not to just chit-chat, to pray. Prayer is the key. The Lord will help you and me in Jesus' name. Please help me welcome our worship team one more time. God bless you. Can we stand on our feet as we keep ready to depart this place? We want to just remind you to get in your prayer closet this week. Get in your prayer room and make your request known to God and watch him do it for you. We say, come on in the room. Oh, come on. Come on in the room. Jesus, Jesus is my doctor. Can I get a witness here? Right on board of my prescription. And he will give me all the blessings in the prayer room. Oh, in the prayer room. Oh, why don't you come on in the room? want to encourage you to use your passport this week so you can tap into the supernatural of God and remember that his answer is yes and amen. Oh, everybody come on in the room. Somebody come on in the room. Oh, oh, yes, sir. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus is my doctor. Yes, he will. He will write on my And he will give me all of my love. In the prayer. See right there. In the prayer. Clap those hands. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness to the goodness of God? He'll answer prayer. He'll answer prayer. Yes, he will. What a friend. Having Jesus. All I've seen. At Crimson Town. What a privilege it is to carry everything. To God on prayer. I get down on my knees. I get down on my knees. I get down on my knees. Say, have mercy, please. Down on my knees. Have mercy, please. Down on my knees. Have mercy, please. Tell God all about my troubles. Tell God all about my troubles. 